Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. It is official now. The Hill is reporting from the Taiwan government. Nine Chinese military planes in their defense zone, in their airspace. Well, okay, defense zone and airspace are different things. Okay. You can't use those interchangeably. Okay. Defense space is a buffer zone that goes out a ways. It's like, hey, you're getting awful close to my country, boy. But that's not illegal. Your airspace is your your airspace, the space above you. It's not illegal to be in your defense zone. No, but it's a lot like putting your finger in somebody's face. And saying you want some of this, uh, you're looking for trouble. Nine Definitely. Chinese fighter planes in the defense zone of Taiwan. And uh, why wouldn't I, I? I'm coming up with a reason why China wouldn't. If they if they have been wanting to take Taiwan and they're like ready to do it, you know, if they don't have their act together, you wouldn't. But if they're ready to do it, why wouldn't you? How would How would the world possibly push back on that? With think, what's going on in Ukraine right now, I think the world would be like, what are you going to do? <laughs> my guess is that uh, the the forces within the Chinese Politburo who believe that they need to hang on to world trade, because she is an actual communist, as it turns out, um, and he wants to re-commify the whole country. But I think you're I, over-egging the pudding. How dare you, sir? Whatever that means. My pudding is delicious. Um, do we have the Bremer? Perfect amount of eggs. <laughs> In my pudding. I, I, Nobody I sus- has ever eaten my eggs and said, too little eggs or too many eggs. Oh, no, you're, that's your, it's your thing. It's your trademark. Perfectly egged pudding. So I, I think that you may be over-egging the pudding a bit. I'm, I'm not familiar <laughs> with that expression. I love it, though, whatever it means. <laughs> so anyway, I suspect uh, that uh, there are forces within China that are advising the hallowed chairman, the great leader, that look. Taiwan is so critical to the world economy, particularly in terms of chip manufacturing, that you will knock the economy off the the world's global economy, he says redundantly and repeating himself. Uh, you will knock the global economy off of the rails if you move on Taiwan in any significant way. It will be an economic disaster for us, for everybody. Yeah. And then all bets are off. Well, it depends on how uh, how much power she has to uh, decide on his own. And as we're seeing with Putin going into Ukraine, world leaders do not always make decisions that are going to ultimately be in the best interest of their countries. Absolutely true. And the other thing is, as I indicated to Mike Lyons, there are a lot of half, half measures China could take just to continue to probe, to try to see how far they can go, to see when and if they meet resistance. I expect that to happen. Absolutely. Well, it's already happening. They painted an Australian, some Australian uh, aircraft. Uh, with lasers from below the other day. That's, you don't do that. They're, they're pushing close to Taiwan's airspace. They're going to take a couple of disputed islands. Um, and Japan's going to be angry. Just uh, wait and see. Uh, speaking of, oh, do you have more on that? Uh, in a second, I will. I was going to say, speaking of violence, get ready to slap yourself square in the head. Okay. Maybe you're wearing a hat. You'd like to remove your, your, your headgear. Maybe you're driving. You'd like to pull over. You're going to slap your forehead in a moment. Oh, okay. So stay tuned. So uh, slap your head in amazement. I thought, okay. Well, disgust. I thought it was Disgust like I amazement. want to punch myself because I ate a donut. It's a different thing. No, 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 no. It's the the proverbial head slap. Gotcha. Slaps forehead. Uh, the ridiculous uh, half-wit hair model who runs Canada, Trudeau, 
has revoked the Emergencies Act and said it's no longer an emergency. Good. There's no need for it. Fantastic. Okay, that's a little late in coming, but okay, that's the right thing. And they're also unfreezing all the accounts of anybody whose accounts were frozen because of the whole trucker protest. Again, oppression took a big leap forward in our good old buddy, in our cousin, really. Canada's practically a brother, having emerged from British rule, although they're still kind of under it in a weird way. Um, So when oppression takes a big step forward in Canada and Australia, for instance, that bothers me more than most. Uh, But at least they're doing the right thing there. That's good news. And then here's your head slapping on a completely different topic. Then we'll get back to the, the, the carnage unfolding in Europe. The headline of this, the subject line of this email is Joe Getty race baiting Nostradamus. Okay. And, 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 and that's a couple of ways you can interpret that. Either I'm a race baiter who predicts things well, or I think that the intent of the email was I, I did a good job of predicting some race baiting. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And I never would have remembered this if, um, can I use the name? Zookeeper Robbie hadn't pointed this out. Guys, way back in 2020, after the bulk of the George Floyd riots, when race training was starting to catch on, that's right, equity and diversity training, everybody had to sit through it in their corporate offices. You made an example that stuck out to me. You said, when are they going to insert this everywhere? What about, I don't know, zookeepers? I mean, race has got nothing to do with the tiger getting its stake. Well, I'm here to report it's happening. I'm at a zookeeper conference, and guess what? An hour-long lecture about diversity and inclusion and equity, where we were, where the white people were strongly encouraged to listen and not say much for the majority of the seminar. Wow. For zookeepers. I've attached pictures of the worst slides. Luckily, it's only the basics and none of the worst Ibram X. Kennedy garbage. Uh, Critical race uh, theory is a myth made up by right-wing Republicans. Uh, you know, I have a, a a friend who's a like high level lawyer. He's extremely smart, and he says, "No, that stuff being taught isn't critical race theory." Okay, that's all right. okay. Fine, your definition is no longer operable. That's what congratulations you need. That's, your Ivy League law school. The rest of it. That's what you lawyers need to understand. Our verbiage about critical race theory is different than yours. You're on the wrong side of this now. What we understand it to be is what we're talking about, and right. it is in schools and businesses, and it's awful. So shut up with your stupid lawyer talk. And then Zookeeper Robbie, uh, I think I made it clear this is a good friend of mine, but anyway. Oh, well, uh, Zookeeper, I was talking to him, but I, uh, I was actually thinking of David French, but um, that's who I had in my mind. Who is Where are he from? French? Regularly saying that this is not critical race theory, and he's a right winger, because he went to Harvard and blah, blah, blah. Okay, whatever, oh, yeah. whatever. Yeah, that's not what we're talking about. You know, you won't let me into your ivy, ivory tower. I don't want to be there anyway. So y- y'all yell at each other over that crap. Anyway, Zookeeper Robbie signs off. KTTSS. Keep teaching tigers stripe sensitivity. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. Thanks for the note. Some Sorry you had to deal with it. Looking some uh, live footage from Ukraine. I don't know where it is, but it is a lot of smoke from a giant explosion somewhere. As... Uh, Russia has invaded another country, full-on planning to take it over. I mean, there's no question anymore. So there is a breaking story about Chernobyl that fits in, I think, with this report from Richard Engel on NBC News earlier today. 
This morning, the soldiers are, are mobilizing. They're setting up more checkpoints. They're trying to maintain civil uh, civil uh, order. Mm -hmm. And they are also on the lookout for sleeper cells. They are, they are very nervous that Russia uh, could have organized or infiltrated uh, groups of, of locals who are sympathetic, who could suddenly come out and try and uh, carry out acts of sabotage or t try to take control of the streets. Acts of sabotage, sleeper cells that they're concerned about. Well, Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, said Russian forces are trying to seize the Chernobyl nuclear site. Now, whether those are sleeper forces or just forces forces, the concern is that they're going to get into the Chernobyl nuclear site, set off a bomb, and unleash all kinds of nuclear hell that way. Gosh, would which would be a weird, maybe Putin's... Uh, being super clever here would be a weird way to use nuclear threat without actually going there. Yeah, but what would that accomplish? Unleashing Just nuclear waste across Ukraine? Mayhem. Maybe the threat of it? I well, think I it's know. more useful as a threat than an act. Could be. But regardless, the president of Ukraine, the uh, former YouTube comedian, um, is uh, is uh, seems to be concerned about that. Who knows yeah. what's going to happen today? Who flipping knows? Well, the worst-case scenario has been borne out at every step of this, yep. and Putin has shown zero restraint in taking the full measure of his, his, we call it whatever you want, greed, conquest. So I suspect that trend will continue. Um, as we mentioned earlier, the former Secretary of State, Mitt Romney, seems to be mostly concerned about... Uh, John Kerry? John Kerry, I'm sorry. John Kerry seems to be, uh, I wanted to talk about Mitt Romney, too. Uh, John Kerry seems to be concerned about global warming, as uh, he said the Ukraine crisis could distract the world from the climate crisis while having massive emissions consequences. As Stephen mm -hmm. Hayes of the Dispatch said, I hope President Putin will help us with, re or he quoted, um, this is a quote from John Kerry, who was Secretary of State back when Putin took Crimea and Obama said, what are you going to do? Uh, I hope President Putin will help with respect to what we need to do to stay on track with climate. That's the response from a former Secretary of State. Mitt Romney is out saying, uh, slamming Putin for the Ukraine attack and blaming the U.S. for a tepid past response over the years. Do you remember when Mitt Romney was running for president and debated Barack Obama and mentioned Russia as being our number one geopolitical foe? And Barack Obama said, hey, the 80s called... They want their foreign policy back, and the crowd guffawed. Oh, ha, 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 ha. Mitt Romney's so stupid. Well, and that was amplified by all of the legacy media. Listen to the stupid, stupid Romney get owned by the clever young man. The kick in the gut. And now a bunch of Obama officials are out saying we probably should have done more back in uh, 2008, 2014 uh, to push back against Putin. I guess we made a mistake there. Yeah, well, yeah. Whoops. Yeah, whoops, what are you going to do? What are these clouds I'm seeing on TV in Ukraine? Could be anywhere, I guess. They're bombing all over the place. Uh, we have much more on the way, and you can join in the conversation if you know anything on the text line at 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Well, here's a brutal text. Here's hoping a lot of Russian soldiers die today. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's the goal of Ukraine, is to kill as many Russian soldiers as they can. 
Make it as costly as possible back home. Yep, indeed. Uh, well, that is war for you. Uh, Jennifer Griffin, who covers the Pentagon for Fox News, is one of the great correspondents working in news anywhere on Earth. And I think she's underappreciated because so much of the legacy media thinks Fox News is biased. They're conservative. Uh, she's absolutely terrific. Um, not only as a reporter, but just as a uh, crafter of language. We used to talk to her semi-regularly till an old boss uh, more or less said the same thing. You can't talk to Fox News. They're biased. They're conservative. Anyway, bygones, Joe, water under the bridge, etc. Anyway, here's Jennifer Griffin in clip 44, please, Michael. Putin has used poison to kill and maim his political opposition, even targeting dissidents in London, going back to 2007 when his agents used polonium to poison and kill a former lieutenant colonel, Alexander Litvinenko, in the KGB. Then there was the Skripal poisoning in London. He even tried to assassinate and disfigured with poison the Ukraine president, Viktor Yushchenko, in 2004. Just moments ago, I spoke to a friend of Alexei Navalny, the main opposition leader who Putin poisoned and now keeps in the modern equivalent of a Russian gulag. Putin has eliminated nearly all of his opposition in Russia. He is a brutal authoritarian who has held power with an iron fist for 20 years, and he is about to wipe a sovereign nation off the map of Europe. Do you know what the point of that report was from Jennifer Griffin? She's pushing back against Tucker Carlson and a number of other guests throughout the day on Fox. Hosts. Hosts who are blaming us for... I saw one of the pundits last night as I was flipping around the channels late at night after the um, invasion had begun. Uh, One of the guys said, hey, we put Putin in a position where he had no choice. We didn't have to put Putin in this position where where he's where he's forced to do this. Jennifer Griffin's pushing back again. We didn't put him in a position where he had to poison political rivals. Right. Or any Shove the, doctors out windows. Or any of the other things she just listed. This is who he is and always has been. Quit acting like we're causing this. I can't figure out if I think this is an awesome thing or not, but you certainly don't have that on the other cable news channels where they have strong disagreements about major issues. They certainly do on Fox. Yeah, yeah, for better or worse, although there, there's some real oddness going on uh, in the home team, but we can deal with that a little more later. I wanted to squeeze some of this uh, stuff on. It's kind of a recap of the main takeaways from what's happened so far. Uh, most of the U.S. intelligence released publicly in recent weeks turned out to be correct. Not every detail, of course, but the Biden administration's strategy of disclosing what it learned about Russia's plans didn't stop them from coming to fruition. Uh, but the maneuver undercut Putin's efforts to play the victim, likely caused him to delay his plans by several days. I would add it made him look ridiculous on the world stage, which, you know, I don't know what that's worth, but it did. Uh, number two, Putin's been lying about his intentions for months, and I would say for, for a couple of decades. When U.S. officials first began raising the alarm about a potential invasion back in November, the Kremlin dismissed the reports as, quote, empty and unfounded efforts to exacerbate tensions. Just in the past weeks, Russian officials labeled accusations that they were about to do what they just did, quote, total disinformation, hysteria, and anti-Russian. Less than a week ago, Russia's ambassador to the U.S. said, quote, we are not trying to take any territory of a foreign country. Donbass and Luhansk are part of Ukraine. That was less than a week ago. Point number three, this is a more or less the worst case scenario. Once Russia began its military buildup, analysts foresaw a wide range of end games, retreat after winning some diplomatic concessions, cyber attacks aimed at destabilizing the Ukraine government, minor incursions, etc., or a full-scale bloody invasion uh, leading to regime change. Well, we're in that last bucket. 
Don't be surprised if Russia begin arresting or assassinating Ukrainian leaders. There's a reason Putin sought to paint them as Nazis. Mm, yeah, he, that, in his speech last night, Putin said he's, it's a denazification process. You're going to eliminate all the Nazis for Ukraine. Everybody's like, what, what, what the hell are you talking about? Are you talking this heavily Catholic and Jewish country and the very president is a Jew? Uh, ratchets, uh, I'm sorry, sanctions are going to be ratcheted up quickly. And the final point, just before Putin launched his invasion, ABC News' Martha Raddatz received a message from a Pentagon official, and I quote, You are likely in the last few hours of peace on the European continent for a long time to come. That's a big deal. Yes, it is. And, you know, Tucker Carlson in his odd, odd stance, being that sort of thing, talking about uh, Yugoslavia and the warfare there, and it killed a lot of people and some other conflicts. But those are a very, very different thing. You had a disintegrating Soviet Republic and its people turned on each other. Um, that's a very different thing than a, a new age of conquest where superpowers snatch up all the resources, land, etc., that they can. We mentioned former Secretary of State Horseface John Kerry was worried about climate change through all this. Marco Rubio, senator from uh, Florida, said climate change religious zealot John Kerry is worried that the first major ground war in Europe in 80 years and Putin's threat of nuclear consequences is getting more attention than his climate agenda. That's an interesting development. I'm trying to think of something dumber than what John Kerry said, but I'm coming up empty. Oh, my God. Um, If you miss an hour of the show, you can always grab it on the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. We've got more on the way. Armstrong and Getty. Just moments before we came on air, we heard another series of loud explosions here in the Capitol, and two fighter jets roared overhead just behind us. Uh, The interior minister says uh, Ukrainian troops have been engaged in combat on the outskirts of the Capitol, uh, claiming that forces shot down three Russian helicopters, you know, you look at that video now, that were trying to attack a military airport. That either happened or it didn't, and... uh... Right. I'm perfectly comfortable with people lying, as I mentioned earlier. We, uh, in 2000, the first Gulf War, whenever that was, um, we were all told that our Patriot missiles were shooting down their scuds left and right. And I remember welling up with the pride of American ingenuity and power at the time. It wasn't until many years later that we found out that our Patriot missiles sucked. <laughs> I don't think they shot down a single scud missile. Uh, but yeah. our government, you know, wanted to frighten uh, the enemy and... All kinds of different reasons. So, yeah, I'm well, fine. Fine. Maybe, maybe the Ukrainians shot down some helicopters. Maybe they didn't. I don't know. And as they say, the first casualty of war is the truth. So, uh, well, the, the truth is down. So the question has arisen, and we're going to spend a couple of minutes on now, is Putin a rational actor? I've heard a lot of arguing the semantics over rational. I'm not sure I'm into that or not. What, what do we mean? What do we mean by rational? He's rational. He's not reasonable. I heard a long conversation. Yes. Ah, mm. He's ra- He's he's rational from his point of view because he's not rational from your point of view. Does that mean he's irrational? I don't know. 
Yeah, that's a tough line to draw. It really is. Although, if he is, hmm, to be charitable, if his worldview is so divorced from anything the West can imagine, or he's got a screw loose, that makes all of this way, way more difficult. You know, it's kind of a lighthearted example, but Judy and I have this uh, dice game we like to play with friends, often uh, with a cocktail. This is a lighthearted example. Well, and and there's uh, a person we play with who was new to the game. Oh, you and... bring in another uh, thruple. Well, we play with friends, I just said. No thruples here. Good Lord, sir. Anyway, but there's a person who was new to the game, and, and she would constantly do things that made no sense. And she won a lot. Yeah. Because you couldn't possibly anticipate what was going to happen next. I've talked about this before as I, I, I was a high school wrestler. It's really hard to wrestle somebody who doesn't know how to wrestle. They don't do. <laughs> right. You can win, but they don't do what they're supposed to do. So you can't anticipate things the way you do. And that's what you're talking about here. Right, right. So what does irrational or rational even mean? It's a legitimate question. But uh, just say Putin has become... Paranoid. He no longer perceives reality accurately. He his imagination is run away with him. Um, in the way of uh, Adolf Hitler at the end, where he was moving imaginary tank divisions around after being one of the most rational and 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 evil but clever politicians in German history. You know, what might be a good example is uh, Richard Nixon. Ah, yeah. Richard Nixon, very rational, smart, savvy guy, but he let his paranoia and and anger about various things warp his sense of what made sense and what didn't. He didn't do rational things. Right, right, yeah. There was no solid cost-benefit analysis. He was just driven by his demons. Anyway, to the question of Putin and his mental state, let's uh, hear from uh, Michael McFall, who is on Morning Jose, uh, clip number 58. Putin does not think like we do. We keep thinking he's going to do some cost-benefit analysis of the evil act. Um, and, you know, I've been saying this forever, Joe. I mean, I hate to say this, but, you know, my last call in the Washington Post was Putin does not think like we do. We keep thinking he's going to do some cost-benefit analysis, think about how sanctions might affect, the, you know, the price of Bear Bank and the stock market next week. But that's not who Vladimir Putin is. Uh, and he's proven that today on this incredibly tragic day. Uh, it is erratic. It is irrational. I actually think it will come back to haunt him. Do we have the part where he gets all worked up and emotional, Hanson, or not? Uh, 59. Oh, okay. There is no rationality here. He is he is motivated by some crazy ideas. I want to really emphasize that. I listened to his speech on Monday. I listened to his speech last night. He's talking about denazification. There are no Nazis in Ukraine. Oof. The leader of Ukraine is not a Nazi. He's a democratically elected leader. He's Jewish. He is not a Nazi. And for, for just, to, I, I, I'm sorry I'm so emotional, but we've got to get over the fact that we're going to deal with this guy in some real politique cost-benefit analysis. We've got to treat him as an irrational, evil leader who is unjustly and grossly attacked a free and democratic Ukraine. It's about as plainly as you can put it. Yeah, I think he put it well, and I'm reminded of even, you know, the. do we have that that moving uh, statement by the uh, Ukrainian ambassador about uh, no purgatory? Yeah, clip 51. Well, as I said, relinquish your duties as a chair. 
call Putin, call Lavrov to stop aggression. And I welcome the decision of some members of this council to meet as soon as possible to consider the necessary decision that would condemn the aggression on my people. There is no okay, purgatory then. for war criminals. They go straight to hell, Ambassador. So, while I appreciated the eloquence of that and the power of it, uh, threatening hell on Vlad Putin and his henchling, his, uh, his henchman is gonna do you no good. The whole, and, and our, our brave leader, President Biden, is going to be speaking as we, uh, utter these words in, I can't remember, how soon, when is it gonna be? It's fairly soon, right? About an hour from now. Um, any discussion of he's gonna find himself isolated on the world stage or, this puts him outside the family of nations. Right, or, right, exactly. Or this is an immoral act. What are, who is that for? I, I guess like so many things in international relations, it's for domestic audiences, so you look like you're doing something. You, you say that all the time, and I think you're right, but I think I, I, my fear is these people believe it. I think John Kerry and Joe Biden and those people think they're actually harming him by saying that crap. Boy, which speaking is just, of being delusional. Which is yeah, delusional. Well, you're a pariah now. I'm a what? What the freak are you talking about? I just took over a country and you couldn't stop me. That's all I see. Yeah. Yeah. So true. So true. More on this to come. Uh, more commentary, some angles, some updates, uh, you name it, plus uh, other stuff, too. But a quick word from our friends at Simply Safe Home Security. Have you ever wanted to know what's happening at home, but you can't be there? You're at work. You're running errands, what have you. What? Who, who is our package there? Uh, you know, are the kids home? Get the new wireless outdoor camera from Simply Safe. It lets you see what's happening outside right from your phone and alerts you when someone approaches so you always know who's there. Coolio. Simply Safe has everything you need. Uh, 24-7 help from professionals ready to dispatch police, firefighter, or EMTs to your home or just to keep an eye on your house, like Joe was just talking about. And all this for less than a dollar a day. You set it up yourself in about 30 minutes. No long-term contracts or commitments because they are confident that you will like it and they don't have to rope you into a two-year commitment. Amen to that. You can customize the perfect system for your home in just minutes at simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Go today, claim a free indoor security camera plus 20% off with interactive monitoring. Good deal. Go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Click around simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. I'm looking at video of one of our big giant transport planes that has come in to help process evacuees from Ukraine. Man, oh man, it wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't be a... That crazy to have some sort of accident where Putin shoots one of those planes out of the sky, whether ours or another NATO plane, and then it is on. It is on. I mean, the New York Times are reading it the same way as everybody else. President Vladimir Putin last night threatened consequences you have never faced in your history. That's a quote for anyone who tries to interfere with us. And the New York Times said that seemed to come close to threatening nuclear war. I would say that it was threatening nuclear war. And have you seen this little conspiracy? So I don't know if you've seen the video of that speech last night. It was a short speech last night as opposed to the long, rambling, hour-long speech from the other day. But if you do a side-by-side, sure looks like he's wearing the same clothes at the same desk in the same exact angle like it was taped the same day. Yeah, that's what what I've heard speculated about, that it was a taped address. Interesting. Well, but like... Three days ago, at the same time that he gave that long, rambling speech about whatever the hell he was talking about, 
How right. Ukraine has never existed, and it's always been part of Russia. Right after that, apparently, because he didn't want to have to, you know, get his suit back out of the closet again. He went ahead and taped his uh, "Don't get in my way, or I'll drop nukes on you" speech. Apparently, yeah. Well, why would he wait? He knew what he was going to do all along. So no, 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 no. He was, he was waiting to see if the sanctions kicked in and weighing he, the price of oil and all that sort of stuff. Still waiting for the final count of how many Nazis there are in Ukraine to come in. Holy cow, crazy times. I'd say so. Where it goes from here, nobody knows. Um, and no baseball so far. Owners and players hardly talking to each other. Son of a... Never ends. You yeah. just keep taking the body blows. I know. Is baseball supposed to be... It usually starts about April 1st, right? Uh, the regular season, yeah. Yeah, yeah the like... pitchers and catchers ought to be working out with the rest of the guys straggling in as we speak. And it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Well, things don't look good. Not very optimistic, no. Which is just a drag. Can we have a national conscription of the baseball players and make them play? Oh, that's right. They're being locked out by the owners. Can we have a national conscription of the owners and make them let the baseball players play? It's our time of need. You know what I just realized? I was looking at the clock and thinking, so when does Biden give his big speech? The day after the most important invasion of one country of another since World War II. Um, And I got a bad feeling, like just a, you know, emotional reaction of Mm -hmm. my, 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 my gut feeling is whatever he says makes things worse, not better. Isn't that what you expect? Whatever he says is going to make things worse, not better. You're going to feel less confident that this will turn out okay than before he spoke. Yeah, more or less. Which sure. isn't that the opposite of leadership? <laughs> You're leading people to a worse conclusion. <laughs> it's more impedership. Impedership. Yes. Yeah. That's weird. That's I just a- I just noticed that. I don't think I've ever had that with anybody. I suppose a lot of people in the country had that about Trump. I didn't. But um, I don't think I've ever had that with a with a president where in a crisis, I expect to feel worse about it after he speaks than before. Name a weaker two person act. Than old man Joe and Kamala the imbecile. It just can't be done. Sonny and Cher? No, I'm talking about, you know, the White House. I should have made that clear. My apologies. Sonny and Cher was a great act. Not geopolitically. (laughs) Again, I failed to set the terms of the discussion. (laughs) I blame myself. (laughs) We got more on the way. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Looks like Los Angeles will be lifting its indoor mask mandate on Friday. The new guidelines will allow vaccinated people to take off their masks, but only at locations that check for proof of vaccination. That story again, people in LA who got work done over the pandemic have only got two days left until the big reveal. No more masks in Los Angeles. Meanwhile, the rest of the country's like, masks? <laughs> you guys are still doing that? Yeah, absolutely true. I got booted out of a restaurant last night because I didn't have my vaccination card. I know some of you in the country well, are thinking... Well, and, and you were shirtless. Yeah. Um, uh, I know a lot of you in the country are thinking, what? 
But no, yeah, that's the case. That's what happened. That's what happened. Uh, and everybody was wearing a mask practically everywhere I went. Wow. Wow. And it 20 minutes away in Cal Unicornia, people were saying masks? And it wasn't mandatory where I was. It was just people's choice was to wear the masks. Wow. Walking down the street, outside. Almost everybody. That's insane. I know. Um, speaking of insane, Vladimir Putin has invaded Ukraine, and uh, he announced last night that they are going to achieve demilitarization and denazification of Ukraine. Denazification? What? So Zelensky responded in a tweet. Russia treacherously attacked our state in the morning as Nazi Germany did in the Second World War. As of today, our countries are on different sides of world history. Russia has embarked on a path of evil, but Ukraine is defending itself and won't give up its freedom no matter what Moscow thinks. And Zelensky's actually in a trench with a helmet and military clothes on, trying to bolster the uh, confidence of the troops. Having been told to leave by our president for safety, he is actually on the border. Anyway, um, Michael McFowl, who is getting a lot of press the last several days because he was the ambassador to Russia under Obama, has met with Putin many times, thinks the world has been misreading Putin all these years, uh, was talking about this today. Putin and his aides keep using the Nazi slur against Ukraine's government because it hits Russians in the gut. Former U.S. Ambassador Michael Fowl explained today, the most important event for Russian and Soviet citizens is what they call the Great Patriotic War. We call it World War II, but they call it the Great Patriotic War. That was the defeat of the Nazis, where they lost millions and millions of people. Every single Russian today has a relative that died in the war fighting the Nazis. So that really strikes a note with their crowd. Putin claiming there are Nazis in Ukraine. Does that work? Uh, that seems so nutty, but I haven't grown up taking in Putin's propaganda. Right. And his fairly tightly controlled press. I mean, various uh, folks who've stepped out of line have gotten executed on the bridge on, in the very shadow of the Kremlin, for instance. Zelensky, who was born, I think, in the late 70s? He's a young guy who's been a comedian his whole life and is Jewish is nothing to do with the Nazis of back in the day. That's a hell of a stretch. Zelensky also might be dead by the end of the week if Putin has his way. God, he's got to be careful of everything he eats and drinks, right? Well, yeah, although I think they'll just put him up against the wall and shoot him, honestly. Call him a Nazi. Um, By the way, it's worth noting that uh, NATO is... um, is mobilizing thousands of troops as well as aircraft in the Baltic states, Poland, Romania, and other sites along the eastern edge of NATO as indications continue to mount, uh, to, uh, mount that Russia is going to go all the way across Ukraine, which then puts them cheek bajow with NATO countries. I wonder if Ian Bremmer still says, because when we had him on the show a couple of weeks ago, he, he said there's not going to be a greater war in Europe. Everybody calm down. I don't know how you're so confident of that. I don't think that's the most likely thing by far, but God, I would I would never claim that that's you know off the table. No, it's not off the table exactly, but you know, getting back to the just raw power dynamics of world history, a a strong 
malevolent power will take what it can until an equally or stronger, equally stronger, stronger power decides it is worth it to spend what it takes to stop them. And that was, you know, the problem leading up to World War II and could be the problem here. The question is, all right, when will Putin stop? Because if he stops at Ukraine, no, Britain is not going to go to war with a nuclear power. Um, what about uh, whatever that little country is uh, just across the water that Mike Lyons was talking about earlier in the show? And a couple of those little countries that are NATO countries, but Article 5. George Will has been talking about Article 5 for years, saying... I don't think NATO's going to honor Article 5 if this happens or that happens. They're supposed to, but that doesn't mean we're, that we're going to. That that we and other, you know, France, Great Britain, are we willing to have troops fight and die for some of these little countries that nobody could find on a map? Right. Uh, Moldova is not a NATO country. Okay. Um. There are plenty of countries in Eastern Europe that are Slovakia, Slovenia, Romania... Slovakia, for instance. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about Slovakia. Neither does anybody else listening. Um, Russia goes into Slovakia. You, uh, you, you're willing to spend blood and treasure to stop it? I, I could certainly make the argument that it would be a good idea, but I'm just not sure there'd be the political will to actually stand up to Russia threatening nuclear war over it. It's a, it's a hell of a decision some, some of these leaders are going to have to make. Why do evil dictators never die young? What's going on there? That's a, that's a hard one to figure out. Is it a Christian thing to pray for somebody to have a heart attack? Everybody pray hard as you can. When's the last time a guy like Putin just had a heart attack and died? Doesn't happen often enough. If you miss an hour of the show, grab the podcast, armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty.